Hey, what up? This is Black Simba. This is the 10th podcast of the Scattered Hebrew series. And um, I'm going to get into the tribe of Judah today. Before I get into it, I just want to clarify. I know this is, uh, it can get confusing. What I mean by that is you have the nation of Israel. And among that nation, um, it was torn into two kingdoms. So the house of Israel, the house of Judah. And among each of those kingdoms, you have tribes within. So among the house of Judah, which is the southern kingdom, you have three tribes in there at this point. And one of those tribes is is the tribe of Judah. So the tribe of Judah is part of the house of Judah, which is part of uh, the southern kingdom of the, the nation of Israel. Um, if that's still confusing, I would equate it to... Think about the think about New York City. Um, the city of New York is in the state of New York, so they have the same name, but there's, it's the city within the state, right? So it's kind of similar. Like you have the tribe of Judah within the house of Judah, which is the southern kingdom of Israel. Anyway, hopefully that helps a little bit. Um, in Deuteronomy thirty-three verse seven, Moses says, "Oh Yah." Hear the cry of Judah and bring them together as a people. Give them strength to defend their cause. Help them against their enemies. Um, Judah was the fourth son of Jacob. And so far in this series, I've talked a lot about the anthropology of the Hebrews um, and where the largest dispersion of Hebrews are in the world today, uh, mostly in the Americas. In the House of Judah podcast, I talked about, um, which I recommend, uh, you at least listen to that before listening to this. But um, I talked about the Gentile Romans invading Judea and Jerusalem in the first century AD. The migrations of the southern kingdom exiled into pockets of Africa and eventually were taken into the Americas and surrounding islands on slave ships. I also talked about many um, taking part in the transatlantic slave trade, knowingly buying and selling Jews. Uh, the Nigerian author... Onwukwe, uh, Alizi, explains some terminology associated with Igbo, um, the term Igbo, I-G-B-O, for clarity. He says, and today, even among all I-B-O-S, Igbos, there is a big confusion between the two names, I-B-O and I-G-B-O, which must once again be made clear. As has been pointed out earlier, Whereas IGBO is the name of the stubborn, aggressive, and adventurous cousin of Aguilari, who was sacked from the kingdom of Erie because of his bad behavior and who ironically later became more successful than all his brothers. IBO, on the other hand, is the corruption of the English word Hebrew, corrupted as Hebo, uh, Ebo, and Ebo IBO, as opposed to EBOE. The equivalent of the Jewish word Ibrit or rather the English version of Ibrit, Jewish name for the Israelites. That's Anwukwe Elizi, 
um, IBOS, EBOS, Hebrew Exiles from Israel, Amazing Facts and Revelations, 1999. Um, here a French geographer notes, uh, east of Great Popo begins the Dahomey territory guarded by the important town of Glewe, known to Europeans by the various names of Fida, Heveda, Wida with a Y, and Wida with an I. The old writers called it Judah, and its inhabitants were said to be Jews. That's Elysi Recluse, The Earth and Its Inhabitants, West Africa, 1892. Even on St. Simon's Island, just off the coast of Georgia in the United States, there is a historic site that commemorates one of the largest mass suicide attempts by enslaved Hebrews. During the voyage of the slave ship, the Wanderer, about 75 of the Hebrews revolted, took control of the ship, drowned the slavers, and during the process caused the ship to be grounded at Dunbar Creek. Led by their high chief, they marched into the marshy waters singing. It is unclear how many drowned and how many survived this suicide episode, but this site at Dunbar Creek is now known as Ebo Landing and gets its name from this horrific event where these Ebo Hebrews chose death over slavery. With this information, we know that Ebo Africans were brought into America and we know that the term is associated with Hebrews. In a White House memo dating back to 1969, um, then Secretary of State Henry, uh, Henry Kissinger describes the Ebos. So he says, uh, this is Henry Kissinger, the Ebos are the wandering Jews of West Africa, gifted, aggressive, westernized, at best envied and resented, but mostly despised by their neighbors in the Federation. That's Foreign Relations, Volume E5, Echo 5, Documents on Africa, 1969 to 1972. As we can see, there is more than enough clear evidence that it was well known there were Hebrew tribes all along the African West Coast, and European slavers knowingly took Hebrews to be slaves into the Americas and have been suppressing and whitewashing this evidence ever since. So, why is it that so many of the Hebrew tribes, if not all, no longer realize who they are? Even some of these Jews still in Africa. And why are we just now beginning to wake up to the truth of the Hebrew dispersion? Jewish biblical writings prophesy of Israel's enemies conspiring against them to make them forget their identity. In Psalm, it says, For behold, your enemies make a tumult, and those who hate you have lifted up their head. They have taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted together against your sheltered ones. They have said, Come and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. That's Psalm 83, 2-4. This is exactly what we have seen among the Hebrews of which I have covered throughout the series. The entirety of Israel and all the tribes have been cut off from who we are in the world. It's even mentioned that the council would be crafty. We see this thinking in the amount of thought and the perfecting of slavery and psychological warfare that the American slaveholders aspired to. There were some slaveholders that even specialized in the breaking of the Hebrew or Negro mentality. Uh, it says, Master Thomas at length said he would stand it no longer. I had lived with him nine months, during which time he had given me a number of severe whippings, all to no good purpose. He resolved to put me out, as he said, to be broken. And for this purpose, he let me for one year to a man named Edward Covey, 
Mr. Colby had acquired a very high reputation for breaking young slaves, and this reputation was of a immense value to him. It enabled him to get his farm tilled with much less expense to himself than he could have had it done without such a reputation. That's Frederick Douglass, narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass, an American Hebrew slave, 1845. In Isaiah it states, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for Yah has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib, but Israel does not know. My people do not consider. That's Isaiah 1, 2, through 2 and 3. And in Jeremiah, it says, And you, even yourself, shall let go of your heritage which I gave you, and I will cause you to serve your enemies in the land which you do not know. For you have kindled a fire in my anger which shall burn forever. That's Jeremiah uh, 17, verse 4. These passages um, in Isaiah and Jeremiah, um, those two specifically speak to the house of Judah. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, if you have time, you can go back and, and look at these or look at these passages as I'm reading about them. But um, you'll see that uh, with the context around those those passages specifically, he's talking directly to Judah. So Judah singled out regarding the loss of identity, and that is exactly what we see today. The nationality and heritage of a people are the binding ties that connect them to their ancestors. Documentation of historical lineage is all throughout the Bible, giving the ancestral background of prominent biblical figures including Yeshua. The passageways that Hebrews were pushed through in chains on the African west coast before making the Middle Passage was even nicknamed the Door of No Return. Because once you went through these doors, you were cut off from your heritage, your language, and your ancestors. This is why many Jews of recent slave ancestry, um, also known as African Americans, show their love for the African continent in its entirety. We don't know the country we came from or the language our ancestors spoke on the African West Coast. Those were taken from us. It was also spoken of that the Hebrews will be enslaved for 400 years. Moses wrote about what God told Abram, later his name was changed to Abraham, regarding it. He says, Then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them four hundred years, and also the nation whom they serve I will judge. Afterward they shall come out with great possessions. That's Genesis chapter 15, 13, and 14. Recently, there was a United States bill that was introduced and enacted. Uh, it's the H.R. 1242 and signed by President Trump in January of 2018. It says, 400 Years of African American History Commission Act. Section 3. This bill establishes the 400 Years of African American History Commission to develop and carry out activities throughout the United States to commemorate the 400th anniversary of the arrival of Africans in the English colonies at Point Comfort, Virginia in 1619. So, obviously there's some real ridiculousness with the way that that bill is worded, but I'm going to stay on track for now. 2019, um, it's it's been 400 years according to this bill, but what about the 13th Amendment? The 13th Amendment was passed and ratified by the end of 1865. So, here's the text for, for uh, the 13th Amendment. Um, it says, Section 1, 
neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. So we can clearly see that it states the abolition of slavery except under criminal punishment. This explains why so many Negro Hebrews disproportionately fill American prisons and why we are unjustly targeted, jailed, murdered by our own country. How is it that blacks make up only 13% of the United States and yet make up nearly 40% of US prison population? The 13th Amendment did not eradicate. It instead revolutionized slavery in America. This is why some people believe the 2019 Juneteenth may hold extra significance as it may be the last Juneteenth held for Judah under the curse of the 400 year affliction. I want to just say that I'm not saying that I think Yeshua will come back in 2019. I'm saying that it's possible that the 400 years of affliction may be ending this year and that the oppressors in the nations over the Hebrews will be held accountable for these atrocities at some point, according to that scripture. I'll get into that, but I'm going to get into it in another article in the conclusion article of the series. Here's what Moses had to say about the tribe of Judah, named after Jacob's fourth son. Judah, my son, is a young lion that has finished eating its prey. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down like a lioness who dares to rouse him. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants until the coming of the one to whom it belongs the one whom all nations will honor. He ties his foal to a grapevine, the colt of his donkey to a choice vine. He washes his clothes in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine, and his teeth are whiter than milk. That's Genesis chapter 49, 8-12. through 12. Judah is a strong tribe, and that strength can be seen, even still. The athleticism among American Negroes has not been overlooked. Over the 13% of the nation, the United States, that's black, just over 6% are male, and yet nearly 70% of the National Football League players are black, coming from this 6%. The National Basketball Association is 74% black players. Our true identity has been hidden for nearly 2,000 years at this point, but now Judah is starting to awaken. The era of the Gentiles may be coming to a close. I encourage all and anyone reading this to pray for the Hebrew oppression around the world, but I especially encourage my Hebrew mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters whose ancestors came to American shores in chains, and those indigenous to the Americas, to pray that Yahweh will hear the cries of his people and save us. Um, the passage I'm about to read is a message that Yahweh sent to his children uh, through Jeremiah when they were living in Babylonian captivity. He directly tells his children, the Hebrew Israelites, to cry out for him. He tells us that he will bring his children out of captivity of the nations we are in and will one day bring us back to Israel. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says Yah, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says Yah, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says Yah, and I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. Jeremiah 29, 11-14 
לשתף איתך, מה שלא זורם אצלי. אין אחד בעולם שייקח את הנפש של אחד מהחיות שלי. אני, אני לא מסכים, שתסבלי לא נעים. אני כאן באולפן, נושם לתוך המיקרופון, מביא לך את האפשרות לברוח מהשיגעון. כמו, תגדי את המצפון, נצטרך להרבה. זה רק אני ואת, בואו תשכחי מהכל את המרפא, אני לא אפסיק להרחיב.